Hello and welcome to Perspective. This is a show by founders of small indie creative agencies, giving our perspective on starting and running our own companies. The aim is to provide some useful advice and inspiration to others, as well as learn from each other and get others to become talk on the show. This is our ninth episode. My name is John Dark. I'm a director at Every Interaction. And with me today, standing in for Dan, I have Tom Johnson, Dan's co-founder from Lighthouse London. Hello. Hello, hello, hello there. How are you doing? Um, I'm cool, I should say. Long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> it's good to have you on. It's good to have a, good to have a different voice. Definitely. Well, his one's quite annoying, isn't it? So, yeah. <laughs> so you and Dan uh, obviously founded uh, Lighthouse together. Yep. And you are the uh, you are the design half of the partnership. Yeah, less and less so these days. But um, but yeah, I suppose you could still call me a designer to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I've really designed much in a while, but that's a different story perhaps for another time. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, we'll have to bank that one. Yep. And that sort of touches on what we thought we'd like to talk about today. We thought it'd be interesting to get two designers' perspectives from two quite different agencies on how our designers and our developers work together in our daily processes. Despite some outside appearances that both of our businesses, I think, day to day operate quite differently and we've got quite different team makeups between our two different companies. We do. How would you describe the way that your team is structured? We have uh, six people currently in the company. Mm-hmm. I'd actually say that every single one of them can code to a certain extent. Um, our newest guy is here. Hello, Simon. Um, he's here to help us out more with running the place rather than doing work. But he, um, I think he's comfortable coding up a landing page or something. So even at the kind of non-techie level of Lighthouse, I think people can sort of code. But from the, the other five of us, we're all what I guess you would call developers to a certain extent, even even the ones who are also designers. So even our guys who are our lead designers, Russell and, and myself, we both are... I suppose we don't want to toot my own horn, but fairly skilled front-end developers mm-hmm. who have got a, a lot of experience there. So we're totally comfortable with anything front-end related, or well, not anything, because that's a lie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're we're very familiar with HTML, CSS, bit of JavaScript, uh, you know. And certainly from my perspective, I go down to PHP and all that kind of stuff. So does Russ as well. Oh, okay. The other guys in the company, they're more hardcore developers you know they do the scary stuff yeah the things that i don't really get you know the things that most people don't get because it's insanity mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean that's the kind of makeup in terms of designer dev of, of our company but but you guys are just design right yeah so all of our employees uh, in-house are all ux or design focused mm-hmm. yeah so there's neil and myself who are doing the directing and sort of spanning a lot of ux and design ourselves we have a, a dedicated UXer who's really quite focused on, on the UX and the research and the wireframing side of things, prototyping, testing. And then we have two uh, dedicated UI designers who are you know, solely creatively focused people. And there tends to be a little bit of a waterfall effect through the business from starting to uh, get the business in the first place and doing the initial planning, conception, kickoff work, usually with Neil and myself at the top. Then we'll start working with our UX designer. It'll go through that person in terms of wireframing, sketching, doing general ideation phases of a project. And once that's started to take shape, then it goes through to design. But in terms of development in our company, yeah, it really depends on the project type. Like we do uh, websites, but 
I guess to say that makes up about 20% of what we do and, and shrinking actually. Okay. And I think when people come to you for a website that they kind of expect the whole thing. They don't just expect the front end, the um, the UX and the, the design side of things. Because of that, we have some dedicated external partners who we've been working with for a very long time, who we trust to work with our team and develop all the front end, HTML, CSS, any back end, usually WordPress or Zend Framework or something PHP based for the types of websites that we work on. So you generally go back to those guys again and again and work on similar projects with them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that's only on the website side of things. Yeah. The rest of our business, the vast majority of the work we do, we're working with mostly product companies. For the most part, they have their development pretty well sorted out already. They come to us because they're missing this particular specialism of UX and design, and they want us to slot into their team to an effect and work with their product owners and with their developers yeah, see, that's quite different from our side. Everyone kind of shares the work a bit more, I think. So we don't, I mean, we do have specific designers and developers. So there are definitely two of us in the company who would design. And, and like I said earlier, there are uh, two other people now, actually, because Dan doesn't really <laughs> develop anymore, mm-hmm. um, which is good. Uh, <laughs> but we then often hand off the, the hardcore dev to them. But along the way from kind of interesting saying that you have a sort of pattern through a project as well i think a lot of us well we actually kind of encourage everyone to share the the early work as well so we're always trying to get people more involved in the kind of early like like that ideation the sketching you know the especially the wireframing that kind of stuff we we try and get everyone involved with that as much as possible so that even someone who's a developer is still having these kind of creative thoughts um early on and can kind of contribute to a project before they then just get brought in right at the end as a developer, which I think doesn't really help stuff. And maybe maybe we're lucky that we've managed to find people who are, um, you know, fairly creative people, but are also developers, which seems to be said to be a rarity, but I've never quite found it that way. I've always found people that I know that are really good at dev do actually have uh, a fair bit of creativity to them as well. Unicorns, as we call them. Yeah, but maybe they're not quite unicorns. They're not, you know, they're pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Horses with horns. <laughs> exactly, exactly, yeah. It's loosely, it, it looks good from a distance uh, when you get close. It's, there's a couple of cracks there. <laughs> nice. So how, how during a typical project that would involve design and development, does the project sort of flow from one team member to the next if it if it involves both a creative aspect and quite a heavy duty backend element yeah i suppose i mean like you we've got different types of projects that we do so um mm. it's rare that we do a job that doesn't have dev so there'll always be a developer involved in that um and it's rare that we do a job that doesn't have design so we'll always be doing an element of that with both and that like kind of like i said earlier it's getting everyone involved from the start so we want to get people in the meetings early on to to hear what's going on even if they're only going to be involved later on down the line mm-hmm. but traditionally or, or typically it would be Dan or I starting off the thing Dan would sell the project essentially it would come through to one of us and we'd be doing kickoff meetings but we'd pull in the key designer or key developer at that stage because certainly if there are a lot of very important design or dev decisions to be made down the line we need to have that person's buy-in very early on to, to make sure we're not making mistakes it, especially because these days it's probably not us going to do that work. And yeah, and then we, we just kind of divvy the work up based on who needs to be doing that section. But it would usually be down to a designer doing the, the wireframing and, and making stuff look nice and then chatting to a developer in the house and, and telling them what to do. Okay, yeah. I guess it's not too different to what we do, really. I don't think it is. We just have a an extra level of communication between us and the developers 
when it's a website, we, we tend to naturally fall more into a sort of waterfall process. We're controlling the client relationship. We're working out all the decision-making parts of the process at the beginning, doing the design. And at some point during that process, we will usually get the dev partner involved get them to check in at key milestones just to ensure you know nothing too scary lies ahead basically mm. to get their buy-in on the project to get any input they might have at a few checkpoints just to make sure that we're not designing ourselves into a corner yeah because obviously we're lacking we're lacking the integration knowledge and we don't have the people sat right next to us just to turn around and ask well if i do this am i going to be causing us problems so we do have these check-ins but it usually does fall into that waterfall process where we we would do most of the the wireframing then the designs before getting our hands dirty with the development and starting to to get the thing built at least with the websites yeah for the website stuff is is very similar i mean some of the web stuff we do is fairly complex or can get quite complex so we we use wordpress a lot but as most of us in the house know it really well so even though i'm you know i'm I'm just a front-end designer a front-end developer I do know how to make a fairly complex WordPress site. So the I think the good thing from our side, the thing that we've always found is really handy, even back when it was just me and Dan sitting in a room making stuff together, is both having that understanding in-house has meant it's quite easy for us to make those decisions without needing to kind of sanity check what we're doing. So we can wireframe something or design something that, that we know is hard, but at least there's that kind of dev knowledge behind it. So it makes us able to make those calls early on without having to kind of, you know, get a partner or even necessarily just, tap someone on the shoulder in the corner to say are we mad for doing this is this possible mm-hmm. we can usually tell whether it is although sometimes you're kind of like i i have no idea this thing sounds insane <laughs> so we call peter or christy or whatever and say can we do this and they always say yeah but then we say can we do it for the money and they say no <laughs> <laughs> how do you find the process differs from working on a website compared to working on some kind of product for example I'm sure you you guys experience the pains of that stuff as well because it just gets far more complicated and um, you know we're usually roughly sure of what's going to happen with a website. I mean, if it's just a kind of like what we call a brochure website, you, you kind of know what you're going to do, and and there might be some funky stuff you do along the way with uh, you know some front end stuff, animations, whatever like that. But on the whole, you're just delivering a fairly simple CMS back end. Obviously, like I said, just then. It, it, that can get more complicated and you can can start building quite a lot on top of that but but yeah when it comes down to actually building a kind of fully featured bespoke app that's when you have to be a lot more careful about how this thing's potentially running out of control like you know making sure it's all scoped out properly and that will be a lot of work of a designer a client and a developer sitting together to make sure that everyone's role in it is properly planned out um, you know, we've thought of every eventuality and, and essentially just getting everyone communicating really well so we can all understand exactly what's going to happen and what everyone has to do mm-hmm. because, you know, those things can spiral out of control quite quickly, especially if people aren't keeping on top of, of where this kind of this product's going. Yeah. And although the developer's role might be happening a little bit later on in the project process, these are the types of projects where you make sure that they are involved more in the beginning of the process. Yeah, definitely. I, th- I think we often try and get the developer on those projects to wireframe it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because when we're building a product, so we're, we're doing loads and loads more of this stuff recently. So we started out making websites and now we're, we're trying to move more to do these kind of big product builds because they're fun and, you know, you can charge loads of money for them. <laughs> I, I <didn't> say that. <laughs> but yeah, the, the wireframe in those things will form a functional spec. And I suppose it's got elements of design in there but you know i I think that's a really good way to get the developer involved early 
to start kind of like getting this big project in their head so they can start thinking about all these things that might pop up. Yep. The longer they're thinking about that, I think the less likely you are to have nasty surprises down the line. Uh, and obviously also that that's great for a client perspective as well because you're, you're getting the developer and the client working early. Um, they're communicating. They're talking about all this stuff and the client seeing this, this functional wireframe will obviously, well doesn't always happen but they they won't come back with a load of stuff that hasn't been thought of later and, and suddenly surprise you mm-hmm. having the developer involved at that stage is, is hugely advantageous to us yeah makes sense it, it is pretty similar to us to be honest i think on on those product projects like i say the the client already has the development sorted what we especially recently what we've started doing more of is insisting that's that's the development partner is more involved than they might otherwise have been from the beginning. If the way that the project is going, it doesn't seem like we're going to get to speak to them or you know that they're just being kept out of, out of the loop. In our experience, if that happens, then the project can quite quickly spiral out of control. Yeah, that doesn't so good at all. So you've sometimes been, been not allowed to contact the developers at all. There have been occasions where we've met people who keep the developers at arm's length either they're quite remote and or they're waiting to pay to use their time in a concentrated burst after we've done our bit in more of a traditional waterfall like model if if that's the case it's starting to become a bit of a warning sign for us we're going to try and insist on a closer relationship with that developer yeah that sounds key to me i I think i'd never want to work on a project where where people weren't talking to each other like that i can see absolute disasters happening if that were the way it went yeah I'm sure you've had a few, right? <laughs> well, the, the, what we find it's not a disaster, I'd say, but it just <laughs> it just it issues. Well, you often find it often just doesn't launch or it launches and flops. Got it. It's about creating a successful product, a successful project and, you know, something you'll be proud to put in your as a case study in your portfolio. Yeah. I'm a firm believer that, you know, if if it doesn't turn into a good case study, then what on earth is the point in doing the work in the first place? Yeah, yeah, well, that that has happened with us before. We we've built some fairly large things that we were fully behind i mean this is luckily um long in the past now and more down to our naivety than uh, a bad designer development relationship but yeah there's nothing worse than putting out something that you've spent a long time on and it just does nothing at all yeah absolutely but the, the ones that go well and the ones that go really well are where the client brings us into the project and there's a development team who are seriously involved from the beginning at every level and you know we're regularly checking in having meetings um, stand-ups working lockstep with their sprints depends on how the client likes to work it can range anything from what is a very traditional waterfall model to completely agile and anything else along that spectrum of which there are quite a lot of things and if it's towards the waterfall ends then that's when we just need to make sure that the developers are still involved even if they're not working at the same time as us on the same things yeah i think we've always struggled to fully sell the agile thing to people i think we'd love to do it We've probably just done what everyone says all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we're definitely changing now because we've done that too much in the past and we're, we're becoming much uh, much better about pushing things into sprints and working in a sensible manner f- from both sides, really, uh, and not just trying to do everything. But yeah, we've always struggled to sell Agile. Maybe we're not. I don't know why. I think the client themselves has to be fully bought into the idea. Mm. You, you tend to find that the clients we've worked with who do it successfully, they've usually done it in the past before and seen the benefits. And I, I don't know what it was that, that got them to, to go through that the first time that convinced them that this is worth doing. Or they go to a development company who specialize in that. 
So we have some dev partners who it's it's that's part of their USP is that they they only work in this methodology. Mm. It works really well, and you can get pretty incredible results in relatively short timelines. Yeah. As a designer working alongside that process, it's also very interesting. You have to completely change the way you go about doing your work. You've got to really lock into the whole sprint-based methodology to make sure that you're delivering the things that the team needs to work on for the things that are in the sprint ahead. And you've got to be a little bit ahead of them, but at the same time working alongside them. Okay. Interesting. It does kind of work pretty well. I'd say it's great for products who are doing MVPs and trying to get something out the door quickly. But if you're looking to do something exceptionally polished and really high end, uh, I tend to find it's a little bit harder to achieve those results. I can totally understand that. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think we've um, struggled to sell that idea to clients. And, and interesting that you say that the ones who've done it before are more up for it because it, it makes total sense. And I think once you have experienced it, then you see the benefits. But um, but yeah, maybe we've just not come across those people or, or been tough enough to force them into doing it. Yeah, cool. Getting back to the design developer thing, mm-hmm. with the way your team's structured, how... Once things are built, do you manage your sort of QA process? Oh, you're going to reveal us now. (laughs) (laughs) We don't really have one. Um, Okay, that's fair enough. You know, I think QA is something that we know we're we need improvement on i mean it's simple really you know we push features live you know we're all working on stuff when we're doing stuff we're, we're kind of testing it as as we're doing it which kind of works and and kind of going from the fact that we're all developers to a certain extent means that we kind of know what we're looking for so we've been building the feature we can push it out there um and i kind of know roughly enough what i'd, I'd need to test having worked on what i've worked on in that day or that week or whatever but yeah i guess we don't really have like a strict process on doing that kind of stuff and i know at the moment we're working um ways to either have kind of qa partners people who test the stuff for us or build a process internally that means that our qa is a is a bit better mm-hmm. um because i definitely feel like at points that lets us down sometimes on on some of the things that you push out and you're like oh well that really shouldn't have had that that little bug in it nothing massive you know but yeah um, yeah um, but i know you guys do that extensively right yeah well i think it's it's a necessity for us with with not having the dev in in-house it's really important for us to make sure that we keep communication high around the details to make sure that the things aren't missed uh, i guess it comes down to the types of projects that we work on and one of our USPs is that we do try to, you know, put a very high level of polish on the things that we produce. And in order to maintain that, we've got to make sure that we've got a you know, reasonably rigorous QA process that we go through and functionally tests everything. And uh, from the design as well, like make sure that the person who did all the designs and has been working with the developers goes through and tests absolutely everything oh, Okay, within an inch of its life from a design perspective and make sure everything works as they had intended at every snap point or every every possible width and in every browser wow it it can take a little while it definitely a process that is is time consuming but it's the best way we found to deliver the quality of results that we like to deliver with the team being external we sort of manage that through a couple of different tools we'll we'll use slack for general sort of back and forth communication we use skype for talking we 
identify individual issues and uh, manage the workflow of getting them done, tested and signed off through Trello boards mostly, which we find really useful. Yeah, we've, we have done that before actually. So on these kind of bigger product builds, when, when we're testing stuff um, or going through and making sure it's all working, we've done exactly the same. So yeah, I'd, I'd forgotten that actually we do post bugs up in Trello and stuff to, to keep track of it. So it sounds very similar to the way we've handled that stuff in the past. But we can use... Sometimes we just use Basecamp lists of things we found that, that are bugs um, that, you know, it depends what that person wants to use, really. Or, yeah, like you say, you can just nudge someone on, on Slack or whatever, even even though they're sitting next to each other. <laughs> well, that's the thing. <laughs> this is this is where I, I think that, the you know, everyone being external doesn't matter so much anymore. Yeah. We've got all these great tools, brilliant communication platforms that allow us to feel like everyone's sat next to each other, yeah even if they're in different time zones well so so brilliant that our, our entire team is uh is sitting there and not communicating at all except for through their keyboards so <laughs> <it's>, uh... <laughs> yeah i've got a terrible habit in our team of uh s- somebody will post me a question on slack and I'll, I'll just turn around and answer them like like a human being <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you doing you mad yeah you know, the kids hate me yeah <laughs> Yeah, I, I think we try and encourage people to to talk because um, I feel that's really important. You know, I, I don't want people just stuck on you know getting a notif- notification through Trello or you know getting a message through Slack. And that stuff's great. It's good to I like to use Slack to leave something up there that someone can look at later and come back to. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm a firm believer that people should kind of chat to each other and just tap each other on the shoulder if. Um, if they need to uh, talk about something, especially because we, we have the advantage, they're all just sitting there and we're all, all working on that stuff and, and can answer those kind of quick, easy questions. Um, we did kind of experiment or were thinking about whether we'd have a way to show whether you shouldn't be disturbed in the office. So you could have like a flag or something when you're like in dev mode. So All yeah, right. Maybe you should just wear sunglasses. Oh, I like that. That's good. <laughs> Go back to analog. Yeah. Or a hat. Yeah. We were thinking of having <laughs> having like a teddy bear or something. A hat's, the hat's nice. This is much better than all the ideas we had. So yeah, I, I like that. Non-technical solutions. Yep. Totally. Totally. We make sure that we're just communicating all the time, basically, which is just the best way for th- that kind of stuff to move forward. Yeah, totally agree. I think even with the members of our team that are external, that's our philosophy. If, if you keep communication high, then you avoid the vast majority of problems yeah definitely and i suppose it kind of moves into to project management a bit more but but that's the way we kind of mitigate risk in those big 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 builds we're always doing meetings internally we're, we're actually trying to do more um although not fill up the day with meetings but kind of make sure that everyone every week knows what the project's doing you know knows where it's at the designer is talking to the developer or talking to the person doing the wireframing or talking to the person doing the research or talking to the client or whatever it is because it, it just builds better stuff you know there's no point getting everyone sitting off there doing their own thing you've just got to, you've got to be communicating yeah yeah i agree yeah i think that's our main takeaway really I mean, anything else to add in terms of how you might get your teams working together better get them all sunglasses <laughs> that'll do it yep I, I, yeah i i like the idea of and i always have of trying and it doesn't work for everyone obviously because all people are different and they all have different skills and and stuff that they want to do but kind of getting everyone involved where possible so mm-hmm. i've always said that like you know everyone can do a bit of design and everyone can do a bit of dev really um and i might be naive in thinking that but but certainly try and involve people early on in the project where you're kind of like doing the learning i think there's no point someone like the salesperson doing that or the person that's kind of managing the project just doing that and then just handing that all off to to a developer or a designer 
Um, so it's a bit more broad thing, but you know, those people should be involved from the start. And that just for me has always made a better kind of, especially when it comes to like software or something, um, getting that third hand knowledge from someone else doesn't work. You want a developer involved from the start, wireframing, learning, chatting to the client all that kind of stuff that's always worked really really well for us that's interesting it might be interesting for us to bring a bit of that into our process where we get our external developers to get more involved in that wireframing uh, stage of the project which we don't do at the moment mm, no I, I think it's worth trying you know um you know we haven't been doing it for ages but when we've been doing that more i've seen a big change in kind of the understanding of the end product nice yeah on some projects we've actually gone to the extent of wireframing the cms to a degree as well just because we're trying to make the whole thing as usable as possible uh and you know what it's like with wordpress there's always a thousand and one ways to do something and yep (laughs) it's about picking the right way to actually go about building the cms interface so that it is really useful usable and the people are using it day to day there's less friction there for them to use it and therefore they're more likely to use it and get their job done faster so not only do we should we be getting our developers to influence the wireframes more what we do do at the moment is we get our ux people to have a bit of influence on the work that the developers doing on the back end that, that perhaps isn't so publicly visible as well oh, that's really important yeah I, I think that's that's key to get right because if people don't use your tool then it's failed hasn't it so yeah absolutely yeah i think that's the sort of thing we've maybe glossed over too much in the past that we've handed off uh, or built a bit of software that does something and then kind of said well we'll just make an admin area for that won't we and that's just gone wrong because there was <laughs> yeah. you know you, you haven't allotted time for making that look great and that experience wasn't thought about um so these days we'll always make sure that that that's highly thought out from the start good so in summary talk <laughs> I, I would say so yeah it's um it's quite an easy one really uh maybe it doesn't come naturally to everyone but yeah it, it works for us we maybe should talk a bit more sometimes but um but yeah yeah some of us talk loads oh <laughs> <laughs> some of us even record it and put it up on the internet oh, it's terrible shocking isn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh parting thoughts i think that also when you do talk i think it's important for the team members with different disciplines and specialisms just explain everything to the other team member try and share the knowledge don't don't talk down to them don't talk to them as if they don't know what they're talking about but talk to them in a way that helps share some project knowledge and helps that people learn something from the experience at the same time and in doing so you know the next time they come across a similar type of problem when they're working with you everything's just going to go a bit smoother absolutely 100 percent agree we're always doing that i'm always getting explained stuff that i don't really know what it means but then next time it comes up at least i've got that tiny bit of information that i got last time and i can make a better call yeah that's what's great about this job right there's there's a never-ending limit to how much you can learn oh my god there's so much to learn all the time but you know yeah it's good i guess i feel my brain's getting filled up every day but (laughs) i'm losing useless information out the other end i suppose but yeah no i can't complain it's amazing good stuff nice well i think that about wraps it up for this week thanks for listening everybody and uh yeah you can find everything about this show at perspective.fm online Uh, you'll find our show notes there links to rate us on itunes please go and do that that helps us a lot you can also send us any comments questions or feedback through that website we're on twitter at underscore perspective fm i've been john dark at Dark John on Twitter from Every Interaction at Every Interact. And Tom, where can people find you? Well, 
you can find lighthouse stuff uh at wearelighthouse.com um mm-hmm. there's blogs and things there. there's also a, a another podcast to go and listen to it's very good everyone go and listen to it nice like it uh you can find us on twitter at we are lighthouse if you really want to i don't use it that much you can follow me on twitter at mr haste m-r-h-a-s-t-e but you won't get much. That sounds like a story from another time. Yeah, that, that actually is. Yeah, um, we, we can discuss that another time. But they, I, I kind of just talk about heavy metal and I don't know colours and stuff on there. Not not a lot. It's just quite boring. <laughs> that's a good combination. Don't follow me. That's the that's the takeaway I take from it. <laughs> good stuff. All right. Well, thanks very much, and hopefully have you back on sometime soon. Nice one. Thank you. Thanks everyone. See ya.